Hello and welcome to episode 52 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you that you are not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by Trudy Simmons, clarity and productivity coach at her business, The Daisy Chain Group, and founder of the International Women's Business Facebook Group. Welcome back to the show, Trudy. It's lovely to have you back. In the last episode, Trudy and I talked about happiness, clarity, and success, and how they all work together in a beautiful medley for your business. So be sure to pop that one on the playlist if you missed it. But today, Trudy, we are talking all about you and your business. So I love to begin these episodes by literally starting at the beginning of your business journey. So what was it that inspired you to become a business owner? Inspired is a lovely word. Fell into is another way I would describe it. I um, left my corporate career and was thoroughly and utterly burnt out. So I decided to make to take a year out to recover. And I honestly think that I just needed some time. Um, I didn't realize that I was in recovery. <laughs> I just thought that I needed a bit of time. So I decided to take a year um, to myself. In doing that, I met a friend of mine who had a business. And I was, at the time, I was living in Melbourne and my friend was living in Sydney. And she was running a business. And she said, could you just come up here for a couple of months to help me with my business? Because there's so much that I want to get do. I've got thousands of ideas, but I can't work out how to get them done. And you're really good at that because I'm an action taker and a doer. So I went up to Sydney for a couple of weeks and thought, right, well, uh, I'll come up there. I will take it, take all of this information out of her head because that's what I do to clients. I take everything out, structure it into actionable plans and then get it done. So I did that. I ended up staying up in Sydney for two months with her. Uh, I then came back to Melbourne and uh, and. uh, put it all together, put it into a plan, came back to to Sydney again and then ended up living there. <laughs> hmm. um, but in that time, what I did, we got done in three months what she'd wanted to get done for five years. Wow. Because it was that feeling of this is the plan, all the thoughts that are in your head actually 10 of those don't matter anymore. They're gone. You don't actually want to do those. That's not me saying it. That's her saying it. So then that thought pattern goes away. The the space that it's containing in your brain goes away. So as I was doing it for her, one of her friends said, oh, I really need that for my business. And so I went and did that. And then somebody else said, I really need that for my business. And off I went. So it just kind of grew and changed from there. I love that. I love the fact that it was just, it's the most beautiful business journey where it's its something that you're naturally good at, that you enjoy. I'm assuming that you enjoy. You've always got smiles. So I'm assuming you do. <laughs> and we talked all about happiness. And then making that the way that you help others is just, yeah, it's just phenomenal. Um, it's seeing the clear paths where People can't see them. And when we can't see that clear path, it gives us the ability to put self-sabotage in the way, fear in the way, obstacles in the way. And when you've got somebody else that says, I've got you, but also 
get this done, but also this is what you need to get done. There's, there's, there's nothing that can stop you achieving what you want to achieve. Yeah. So support along with a bit of butt kicking along with actions along the way. Yeah. So one thing that I love to dig in a little bit more with my guests, because there are listeners out there who are either in the early stages of business, maybe they're still working in a corporate role or another job and they're considering launching into business. But that initial decision, although you make it in a heartbeat, all of the thinking around it can actually take a lot of energy and stress and pressure in your in your decisions because you want to make this change, but you're not quite sure how. So when you chose to leave your corporate job, would you be happy to share kind of what it was that really helped you make that decision to take the plunge and leave, even though you weren't looking necessarily for a business, I feel like there will be people out there who can absolutely relate to feeling like you need some time. So I, it wasn't that I chose to leave, which was the most upsetting thing. I had been, I was in a very toxic working environment and me being me, being perpetually positive and feeling very responsible for my the team of people that I ran, I didn't want to leave the environment that I was in. So I kept putting myself through this, this toxicity of, uh, of <laughs> daily attacks from people within the firm. And I didn't realise how detrimental it was to me. And I think a lot of people can relate to that when you when I had, I was in counselling at that time and my counsellor kept saying to me, you are in a toxic work environment. And I thought, yeah, but I can handle it. I just go in. I, I do my job. I'm brilliant at it. I love it. I get a lot out of it. I, I leave. I didn't realise how detrimental that thinking was to me myself. So in the end, the CEO did decide that it was time for me to go and manipulated a lot of circumstances um, and did some really, anyway, we got to the position where I left and in leaving, I knew that I would never have left that situation unless he had pushed me. And that's when I knew that I needed to take time out for myself because I was so sick and uh, not just sick and tired. I was absolutely burnt out from what, what I didn't realise was happening with this daily fear, fear. Um, and twisted feeling of, am I going to walk into an environment where he loves me and thinks that I'm the best thing since sliced bread, or I'm going to walk in and he's going to come at me with other people in the firm. So I just, so to get out of that was an incredible experience because it devastated me because I felt like I was letting my team down. Nobody knew what was going on because I kept it all to myself of how bad things were getting. And uh, so it was a very hard situation to walk away from and think, okay, what do I want now? Yeah. Because I had never in my life asked that. And it, and I also knew that in circumstances before, when I'd done what I wanted to do, there were consequences. So, and these are the patterns and stories that we tell ourselves through any journey where it's about that unlearning. And what I did in that year was I did what I wanted and it was hard it was really hard to just stick to my guns and do what I wanted just for a period of time and it wasn't a year actually I think it was about four months in the end (laughs) because then my friend said come and work with me so it wasn't so leaving corporate was 
the best thing that could have happened, obviously, in the end, but at the time was traumatic, very traumatic, and took a lot of recovering and a lot of uh, soul-searching, self-searching of what was next. And, And this is the brilliance when you want to take that leap. If you are open to looking to the signs, the opportunities, the things that people are saying to you and about you, just look at what all of that adds up to for you in the future. If you're sat in a day job thinking you want to have your own business, look up. What does that look like? What does that, what is that thing that you will leave and do? What are people telling you that you're brilliant at? What can you get paid to do that you're passionate about? Look at all of those things. And if I had have done that earlier, I never thought I'd have my own business. Um, If you look at all of those things, when I left, I had every tool in my toolkit. And when I was able and recovered a bit to be able to look up and think, okay, what do I want to do now? The opportunity came to me. I was ready. Yeah, I love that. Being ready for the opportunities when they arrive, I think is excellent advice, whether that's business, personal, whatever it is. And just having that confidence that, you know, you do have everything inside you to achieve what it is that you want. You may need some external support and accountability, which is something we talked a lot about last time. But generally speaking, like you are an amazing individual and you can absolutely make a success of your life in any way that you see fit. Hmm. Yes, Tammy. (laughs) (laughs) Inspirational quotes incoming. Um, I would, I'm curious, and please let me know if this is something that you're happy to share, but when you did leave, because toxic working environments are something that are all too common. I have a similar story in the way that I left my job. How long was it before you started seeing a positive, like how your health, how your health suddenly started feeling better and you started feeling more like yourself? Was it something that you noticed gradually or was it kind of this weight had been lifted after a couple of days of getting over that. Oh fuck, what do I do? <laughs> no, no, no. This was months. And I know we were talking about this last time, but it is about taking the action towards what you want. So I sat there for a month in, I, I, I don't even remember being utterly miserable, but I was utterly miserable because I couldn't see, I you know, when you've got that such thick fog because you are so stuck in what you don't think can happen. And I was so scared of money, income, mortgage. Uh, where's my next job going to be? So I was reaching out to all these jobs that I didn't want and weren't going to be things that were going to make me happy in any way. Um, so that health journey actually took a turn when I I think it was about two months in and I was living out in the sticks in Melbourne out in the bush love and I found a boxing coach and I beat the shit out (laughs) I learned to box and I learned to box well and I am a good boxer Responsibility comes in. <laughs> so that, but the, what happened to me was that he was a very uh, disciplined, trained boxer. So I turned up there. I didn't have to get up for anything. I had nothing to do in the days. I turned up there at five forty-five, three times a week for an hour and a half of bashing, um, and then I'd do some evenings as well because I had time. And I, it was uh, life changing for me to be able to take the time for myself 
So yeah, it changed me physically. It changed my health. But more than anything, it gave me back my personality. I was able to vocalize because I was in a gym. So I was, Rah! <laughs> um, I was able to spark some, you know, it's like a, a pilot light flicking and flicking. And all of a sudden, after about three months, it came back on. So that whole process was about probably six months. And within that time, I met my friend who was in Sydney and she said, do you want to come up and help? And I thought, I've got nothing else to do. Why not? Not realizing that's my gift. I'm good at this. So why not get paid for what you're passionate about? Boom. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love that. I love that. Literally, it just seems to be, and I always find this fascinating when hearing how people talk about their business journeys, like your fundamental values and core and the way that you help people now have been there throughout your entire business journey from right from the moment when it was like, you didn't even know you were going to be a business owner. And yet it was discipline and focus and clarity and happiness that actually helped you along to get to start this business journey with others. And action. You have to take action. Sitting in the car car, wherever you are, is not going to get you to where you want to get to. Yeah, brilliant. (laughs) Sassy. (laughs) Okay, cool. So we've talked a little bit around some of the hardships that you experienced at the start of your business journey, but I would love to hear about any successes that you've had along the way that have been really pivotal for you as a as an individual within your business. Has there been any standout moments where you're just like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. This has helped shape me. <laughs> uh, so tinged with sadness, but one of the best things that happened this is weird, but I, I used to run networking events in Australia and they were in person and they just started up, I think. And I was one of the first speakers for the workshop and I was nervous as hell. That was planned uh, about four or five months in advance. My sister died in the UK and I was in Australia and I had to get on a plane, get back to the UK. I missed seeing her awful awful time I'd never experienced someone dying before especially that well not even especially I'd never experienced anyone I didn't know what grief was and I didn't know how to handle it because in grief you can't focus get direction take action you are in it and I had to teach myself to be in it and as I got back to Australia about a month later I had to reassess who I was in this whole world because me and my sister were two peas in a pod and we had an amazing relationship and uh, it, it was pivotal for me. But in that feeling of grief, I couldn't wear one single mask that I had had to, in inverted commas, wear for most of my life because I would change who I was for the people that I was put in front of, because that's what I had been trained and taught to do for my whole life. What does this person need to help them to be happy? Be that. Trudy will come and entertain you. Do that. So as all of that went and I was in this feeling of grief, every mask had to drop and I could only be myself. And it was terrifying, enlightening, soul affirming all at the same time. So I turned up to this workshop with uh, 30 women in a room to do to present. 
and my heart's going and I'm sweating and I'm thinking I'm not going to remember one single word, all the things that we go through. And I turned around to this room of people and I, I don't remember what it was about, but I know that I mentioned my sister. So then I started crying. So then they all started crying. <laughs> it was like a really about- sad Mexican wave. <laughs> yeah. And happiness. <laughs> it was, but what happened off the back of that was the feedback that I got. I got three new clients from it. Uh, which I was not expecting because I didn't know if I was actually ready at that time to take them on. But again, taking the action towards, I, I looked for the opportunity, I stuck with it, and this happened. And all of those people said, that's the first time I've seen you. That's the first vulnerability. And I always thought that vulnerability was weakness. And Brené Brown says that um, vulnerability is courage, and I have come to believe that in every single way of what that means. It was, it made my business for my darling sister to leave us and for me to be in that grief period of not knowing what the hell to do or who I was or who I needed to be or who I wanted to be, more importantly, uh, but staying in that and dropping my masks, I was able to be me and people responded to that and that was the best feeling, pivotal moment. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think that it's so often through these life-changing, positive, negative, tragic circumstances that you, like you said, you have to be, you're kind of stripped back to just being you. And like we were talking about last time, it's the essence of who you are is what makes your your life and your business and your clarity and your confidence and your happiness, all of that stems from you. And it's it's always hard when it comes from a place of pain, but it's wonderful to see how it thrives and flourishes, kind of regrows after the, the forest fire of the world, so to speak. But it also attracts your tribe, it attracts your clients, your ideal clients, your paying clients. And in when that happens and you can see it happening, it doesn't matter if it's a thousand women that that go, oh my goodness, is this how we can really be in business? What fun. Or you've got a Facebook group of 130,000, um, but with two posts today because no one's actually listening to you. It is about attracting the people that want to be with you, that wants to hear from you, that wants to know that to be the whole of yourself in your business works. It really works. Yeah. I think it's a really important lesson to learn because even from a personal perspective, I think that we grow up and, I mean, myself coming from a small town, there was a lot of time in my life when I was surrounded by people that I was kind of thrown together due to circumstance rather than through choice, if that makes sense. And I think that, you know, I'm a firm believer that a lot of friendships that you develop through work are shared trauma based. So (laughs) you're just kind of in the same situation, you find something in common, you become friends. But when you leave that environment, you'd be surprised at how many actually stick around. And I feel like it's that on a grander scale. It's really identifying who and what you want and need around you to support like the authentic person that you are. And I know that authenticity is a word that's a buzzword, but it's so important that for ourselves that we align with what it is that we need and want around us. And like you said, it's so easy to have those masks and be everything for everyone. 
but at the end of the day you also need to make sure that you're doing what you need to yeah you you, you have to that is one of the have to's of of business growth personal growth is being you yeah absolutely um so with with that all being said and with your various moves across different well countries the world <laughs> and various locations and finding your feet as a business owner because like you said your business has been up and running for 11 years now is it I'm really curious to know how your business looks different today as to how it was when you started are there a lot of similarities that are still there or do you feel that it's it's just completely different to what you envisioned having the actual structure of it or the the graphic side of it it's kind of anything for you we'll go with the structure side first we'll we'll talk about the graphics short structure side no and what I love is that I can look back on my first documents that I wrote I've never done a business plan or or anything like that but I did write down what I wanted it to be and once I realized that somebody said to me oh you're you're business coaching people to help them grow their businesses okay that's what I do now. <laughs> so first of all, I was called the accountability coach. Uh, and then I've changed it to clarity and productivity because that's what I feel like. Um, get clear, take action. And the so the process over 11 years, I have run networking events, conferences, business coaching uh, for 11 years. So, yeah. No, it's exactly the same structure. I've just added in different things along the way. Masterminds, I do the Happy Business Mastermind. Um, so I've always done those things to be able to uh, to have a structure around what I'm doing. And then I add in things that I want, all these hairbrand ideas <laughs> that come to me. And I just think, oh, that'd be fun. But I'm also very careful now where I used to just go on and do them. I now structure them into a plan such an adult uh, to be able to to be able to give uh, a better structure to what the outcome is as well yeah I think that like, I feel like I'm quite similar to you I, I rebel against structure and routine fairly frequently but I also see the value in it for helping it give yeah. those actions like a little bit of a, a, a support network for themselves <laughs> But this is what I have done, especially this year more than any other year, is put, I've invested heavily in people and I have the right people around me that can help to support my harebrained ideas with structure. So then they say to me, you're not launching that next week. That's going to take a good eight weeks. And I throw my hissy fit. I do my teenage tantrum on the floor and then I do as I'm told because it works. So... It is interesting when you can start doing things like that. I think that it's it speaks volumes that you just you found what worked for you. You were authentically you throughout the whole thing, and it's a structure that just works. It just means that you can develop and grow as your business develops and grows to launch on quicker and grander scales. Yeah, but it's all it's not for other people to think. Oh well, my business has changed so much over the years. Brilliant. Yeah. That's your journey. Mm-hmm. Mine, when I look back on it, I'm actually really surprised at the fact that it is the same structure now as it was then because I am a jumper, a creator, a doer, an action taker. So I'm, I, I'll be forever surprised that it's still the same. Uh, all of those things in themselves have changed over the years, yeah. but it's the same structure. Yeah, but this is, this is a beautiful thing. And this is why I love doing these brand story episodes because of the however many women it is, I think it's nearly 30 women I've, in, I've interviewed now in this process. 
not one of them has said, well, actually what I did was I took someone else's strategy and structure and implemented that and I've been successful. Yeah. It's always been, I didn't start my business in the traditional way, dot, dot, dot. And if, you know, that's just 30, 30 people, not one of them has turned around and said, yeah, my story is exactly the same as someone else's. And that's so important for anyone listening to understand is like your business journey is going to be completely different to someone else's, even if there are similar commonalities running through it. It's that thing of hearing somebody that sells you something and says, I can make you make 5,000 in a month, follow this formula. I just go, oh, geez, people are buying into that. They're making that much money because they're charging you 5,000 for a formula that isn't going to work for you. You just go, wow, please, please come and work with me rather than with them because I want to work with you as an individual. it's, um, It's fascinating watching what goes on in the world. Yeah, it is. It's one of the it's one of my pet hates at the moment as well because it's pairing um, big goals with quick wins, and you can't. I feel like the two don't go hand in hand. You can't have a quick win of five grand every month without fail by following someone else's formula because that's not going to feel right for you. And if you don't have the structure and support that you specifically need in order to support that within your business and the processes that you need in place then it's going to be unbearable and overwhelming. And yeah, anyway, whole other episode right there. (laughs) So box away for this one. Um, Cool. So the other part of running a business and the bit that I absolutely love is the branding and marketing side. So I would love to talk to you about kind of how your business uh, branding has been established and developed over the time. So you talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but could you just talk to the listeners a bit more around how your business name came to be? Oh, yes. This is one of those things that people go, you can't say that. Uh, I can. This is what happened. Ready? <laughs> um, I had a business called Website Organizer. I had Virtual Organizer because I could organize virtually anything. Then I had Website Organizer because I was structuring and building. I wasn't building websites. I was just getting the structure together. And I had that business and I was going to run one of my networking events and I woke up in a bad mood. You can't imagine, stop it. So (laughs) I woke up in my bad mood and I had to go and entertain 30 women uh, in a networking event and um, get everybody excited. It was called the Champagne Collective because we drank champagne and ate sushi and networked. I love that. That needs to be here. <laughs> Living the dream. Um, so I put on my daisy dress. I put on my daisy perfume. I put on my daisy necklace. Uh, I, there was something else. To, oh, uh, there, was, there was about four or five things that I did that were daisy related. And I thought, God, I love daisies. They just make me happy. They make me so happy. And then these memories started coming in of making daisy chains sat in the grass and putting them in my dad's beard when I was a little kid and just these happy little silly things that would pop into my head at that time. I thought, God, making a daisy chain so relaxing. I love daisy chains. They're so pretty. Oh, I'm going to call my business a daisy chain group. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da! Did you announce it at the conference? Did you go on stage? At networking. Yeah, I did. I said, you wouldn't believe this. I've just changed my name. Here's what it's going to be. And they're like, oh. And then I I literally went home that day and set up the company. And that was it. Amazing. How far along your business journey was this? Like, how long did you have the other two business names first? 
oh, I had SOS first, which was Solutions Organising Systems. They sound so um, aligned to you and your personality. I can't think why you got rid of them. It was so corporate. And my first Daisy Chain logo was so corporate. Um, and, And so how long, I think it was probably three years into my business mm-hmm. yeah I think it was three years in uh, that I had all those three businesses before and then this happened and then it's been this ever since and I've and I've I've thought often I've not thought I've had people tell me to think about changing it no it's me it's totally me yeah yeah I think if anyone tells you to change your business name just thank them for their opinion and move them along I appreciate that. Off you go. Um, So I am curious because I know that we've talked a little bit about how it was very easy to stay in that corporate feel at the start, which is very much not the Trudy that I know and love. Um, So how long was it when it came to your branding and your brand identity and your visual identity? Did it take you to move from that corporate feel to the more um, fun version that you have kind of now that we see now yeah I it was it was only four years ago that I sorted this Mm -hmm. I think it may have been three years ago anyway it was three or four years ago that I sorted this and it was a painful process (laughs) because I went from corporate to then trying to go to a very fun and then I got ridiculed with what I thought that I wanted to do. And in that process, it, it, it was a really awful thing to happen. But at the same time, it did make me think, I, I don't want to be taken as a joke. I, there was a fine line between me being fun and silly. And actually, I'm a professional businesswoman and I have a successful business and I want to be able to help you. I can help you. And I went too far the other way, and totally on, on my feeling of I'm unsure. I don't know anything about graphics. I have no visual capabilities whatsoever. So I thought that that was what I wanted to do was just to say to people, do you know what? I am silly. And I didn't. So it didn't feel right to me. And when I got ridiculed, it absolutely broke something in me. And it was one of the hardest. I'll never forget that feeling of sitting there with people and showing them this logo and the the laughing and the the things that were said and walking out of there in hysterics, (laughs) uncontrollable, because I don't understand that side of business with graphics and you know that I'm really bad and it scares the life out of me. So in that fear of creating these things for my business, in the end, I took it completely out of my hands. I got a brand strategist in to do a full recce of how I wanted to be known, uh, what my business was, structures never changed, Um, The words that I use have never changed. Uh, It was really interesting to go through this. But in that process and making mood boards, and I I love making mood boards, like vision boards, but crikey, O'Reilly, the visual side just scares the life out of me. So, So she took all of that and made my daisy chain logo and all the subset logos for things that I wanted to do in the future. And it has given me the ability to feel professional 
and I am so proud of everything that I put out. Uh, and whether people like it or not, I don't care. I absolutely love it. It makes me really happy to see my logo on something. It makes me really happy. Amazing. I love that. And I love I love your brand and the way that it has developed because the brand that you have now, it is still professional and it is still vibrant. And I feel like this is a key part of brand development is that your logo speaks from a professional level. Your photography, your photo shoots, your, your business photo shoots are just vibrant and fun and full of personality. And that's really the beauty of how a brand can come together and be fun and quirky and different and have your pom-poms and your cheerleader and your vibrant colours. But you are still a professional, established, safe looking brand that someone can invest in without going, oh, it's all pom-poms and glitter and nothing else. It's a good blend. (laughs) Let me tell you how that happened. Uh, My first brand photo shoot was in Australia on a beach. In Australia on a beach, picture that, I turn up in a suit jacket with a black suit jacket with a white top and a little necklace that was hidden um, and a bit of lippy and ready to go. But I had a big bunch of daisies and this brand photographer had known me for quite a while and she was like, what are you doing? But the brand photos I still use sometimes because I do love them so much, but it is weird to see me in a suit jacket. So I had a couple of outfit changes and she just kept saying, take the jacket off, take the jacket off, take the jacket off. (laughs) And I thought, well, how am I going to come across if I'm not wearing a suit jacket to my professional business? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Um, So that was that first photo shoot. That was seven years ago. And that was literally when the Daisy Chain Group was born. Out of those branding photos, it created the personality that I could be, I could put across. Not I could, that I wanted to put across. Because she said to me, okay, do a sassy look. And I do my sassy look because I've got a sassy look. Um, or uh, um, show people that you're, that you're thinking what they can't do. And I got my finger out. And all these little things that have grown into being a big part of my business uh, that she created out of knowing my character. Really, really important to get a brand photographer that knows and wants to get to know your character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And your more recent brand sheet, because you've had a second brand sheet since then, wasn't there a story that you just called a photographer as you were driving past? Yes. Yes. I. So this was my next branding shoot. I was driving past a field of daisies in Winchester that was owned. I had to go and find out. It was owned by the council. And I I tried to find out whether we could go and take photos in there. I couldn't get a clear answer. I went round the roundabout. I rang my photographer and said, when can you be here? I've got a field of daisies. Let's go. So I think it was about three days later and we went there at kind of sunset because that's the best light. It was also so we didn't get caught. We were gate vaulting. (laughs) We jumped that gate in dresses. Why I was wearing heels is beyond me, honestly. Not realising that this beautiful field of daisies was actually more brambles and nettles. We got stung to buggery. Our legs were scratched up. But I got the most stunning photos <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's incredible I, I 
just even the stories behind it, I feel like it just brings so much personality and so much background into everything that you do. It's wonderful. <laughs> I loved it. And one of the dresses I couldn't do up. So I just said, take a photo like that so that you can't see that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to run a competition for people to guess which one. <laughs> I think that it's wonderful and um like your brand I just think is a fantastic example and I'd really encourage any listeners who are out there who are like I still want to be taken seriously but I still want to be my own quirky fun self it's a really good example of how you can blend the two and you can see how it can be done but it's also I feel like you sharing your story is really important for people to understand that sometimes you do need that professional to come in and help you because it is so hard to do that for yourself. My business would not be the personality that it is without having that first brand photographer say get your suit jacket off, show me your personality. I didn't know I was allowed. I've been so stifled for so long. It was really business affirming. Brilliant. Yeah, I think that whatever, whichever professional it is that you choose to work with, whether it's a copywriter and you want to get your voice out there, or whether it's a photographer, like you were saying, you need to show who you are and that personality, or a brand designer or strategist to help you really establish how you want to communicate and how you want your business to feel for your audience like investing in those professionals can make the whole process so much quicker otherwise it could be a long time (laughs) it's not just feel for your audience it's how you feel about it I am proud of everything that I put out because of my brand so it does it makes a big difference to how you see your business Yes, that I absolutely agree with. One of the things that I always recommend is making sure that your brand looks for the business that you want to have, not the business that you have now. Gives you the space to step into. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So we've talked a lot around the visuals. We've talked a bit around the strategy and the, um, the the thinking and personality behind your business. But when it comes to marketing, I know that you're a huge networker. I know that this is the part of the way that you've built your business is through these networking events that you've hosted or attended or spoken at. But when it comes to marketing your business, what what would you say is either your most effective or your favorite way of marketing your business? Most effective is definitely me getting in front of people. So whether that's uh, at live events or online events, uh, speaking um that's definitely been the most effective for me and obviously networking events but for me it's more networking events that I attend rather than run so I run the crazy daisy networking because we're crazy uh but it's because I run that I don't very often actually go and speak to people in those events so it is attending I I have I think it's important to have two to three networking events different networking events that you attend to get a feel for each Uh, different way that they're being run Uh, so that's the most effective did you say the most ineffective no your favorite my favorite my favorite is definitely doing Facebook lives is it interacting with people and doing a Facebook live and hearing them and it's very often not a selling thing when I do Facebook lives it's just connection and in building that connection, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. There's the marketing rule of you've got to touch people seven times. <laughs> so <laughs> I love doing Facebook Lives in my Facebook communities and feeling like 
people can hear me. Brilliant. I love that. And I feel like your lives are, they're always so full of energy, both in the comment section as well as from you. So it really is that contagious enthusiasm that we were talking about in the last episode. So listeners, I highly recommend going and checking out some of those glorious lives, whether it's the replays or the, how often do you do them? Is it daily? No, it's definitely weekly, definitely on a Monday, because I want to get everybody motivated for Mondays. I love doing those uh, because I I actually enjoy giving that energy away and letting people know that it's okay to have a good Monday. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, That's awesome. So the last question that I have for you today, Trudy, is from everything from your business journey and your experiences so far within the Daisy Chain Group and everything, what would be the one key piece of advice that you would like to share with the listeners? Be you at every turn. Check in with yourself whether you are being who you want to be known for. And without checking in on that, you will lose your direction and focus on what you are building because you could build a successful business but lose you in the process. So be you at every turn. It will make the business that makes you happy. Fantastic. Best advice. Absolutely love it. Um, So where can the listeners find more of you online? Thedaisychaingroup.com. Perfect. And thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us today. It's been wonderful to get to know more around kind of where you came from and how your business has grown and developed. Thanks, Tammy. I've really enjoyed this. I'm really pleased for that. And as always, listeners, I will pop all of the links in the show notes so you can go and see more of Trudy and her energy and you can find all of the details there. Um, And listeners, if you are enjoying the podcast, can I ask that you tell just one other person about the Brand Lounge and maybe recommend your favorite episode, maybe this one, for them to listen to. It really does help the podcast to grow and it means that I can continue bringing you new episodes and new guests every week. So until next time, head over to our Instagram or Facebook community with the links in the show notes and we can continue these conversations in the brand lounge.